You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Cisterns. And I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 55. And for the sake of time today, I may just do some reading and go through this, but there's some things I want to point out and highlight But we're going to start in Isaiah and then flip a few pages over to Jeremiah chapter 2. And I want you just to listen. And I don't want you, you know, sometimes people read and they go, well, he's just reading. And then in a minute he'll explain it. I'll listen to that. Let me remind you of what I'm reading. What I'm about to read is a whole lot more important than what I'm about to say. Because I can guarantee you what I'm about to read is God's word. And what I'm going to say may be my application of it in your life or someone else's. But if I had to pick between what I have to say and what I have to read, I'll read you this any day and sit down. And I know there are many of you praying that that will happen. Isaiah 55, look at verse 1. It's in the Old Testament. If you can't find it, look to the concordance in the front, or maybe a neighbor will help you find it there, and you'll get to it. Isaiah 55, verse 1. It's a word you don't find a lot in the Bible. My translation it goes, ho! Is that, you have, anybody have ho in there? That's what it is. Everybody's got ho, raise your hand. Good. Got a good Bible out there. It's like, hey, ho, everyone who thirsts. You thirsty? Not physically, but spiritually. You know, just something, there's just something's wrong. You're thirsty. Something's missing. He says, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Well, that seems like a logical thing, but he's not talking about physical. He's talking about spiritual. And he says, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. In other words, what he's talking to them about getting and having, you can't buy with money. And in the New Testament, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So religion says you got to pay, you got to do, you got to come through, you got to do your checkoff list. God says, look, just if you're thirsty, come, here's water. If you want food, come without money. If you want wine and milk, without money and without price. Verse 2, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? People in America back then, this is no new deal. People spending money going on trips, trying to find, you know, I watched a deal last night, a little piece of this top 10 places, you know, romantic fantasy getaways. The problem with these places is you get there and you're still there. If you could send you without going, you'd be fine. But if you got trouble here spending eight grand and going there, if you're not happy here, you're not going to be happy there. Usually, some people are more successful than not. He says, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Now listen if you underline, underline verse 6 and following. 
Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Guys, I can't put it any better than what I'm reading. So listen close. God says this point blank. Seek me while I may be found and call upon me while I am near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Some people say, well, I'm afraid to go home. I'm afraid to do the right thing and they won't take me back. They won't forgive me. God says, if you'll come home, he'll take you back. If you've screwed up, no matter how bad you've screwed up, he'll take you back. And I talk to people, they say, but you don't understand, I'm gay, I'm homosexual, I'm, I've had an abortion, I've, you know, screwed around with too many people, or whatever you think your deal is, I'm an alcoholic, I've hurt too many people, they can't forgive me, I'm sure God can't forgive me. Listen to this again. Let the wicked forsake his way. If you think you're a wicked person, say, I don't want to be that way anymore. I'm going to forsake it. I'm going to quit. I'm going to renounce it. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord. And what does God say he'll do? He will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God offers forgiveness of sin and mercy if you need mercy. Verse 8. Now listen to this stuff. It's awesome. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. I'm not like you. Somebody does you wrong, you want vengeance. You want to retaliate. He says, I'm not like that. The way you think, I don't think that way. What you do, I don't do that way. And sometimes we get screwed up with God, wondering what he's going to do or say, because we are so used to people treating us a certain way that we try to impose those thoughts and processes on God. He says, look, don't make me out to be somebody like you are or somebody you know. I'm not any of those things. I don't think like you people think, and I don't act like you people act. I have mercy. I have forgiveness. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Always be willing to speak the truth in love because when you speak God's word and his truth to somebody, I don't care if they look at you in the face and tell you to go wherever they think is a great place for you. Whatever they do or say, his word that you speak will never come back. It will accomplish what it was meant to do. So be bold. When God says speak, speak. I talked to a girl this week in our church, had a conversation with this guy. They're friends, work out together, whatever. And the minute she brings up Jesus Christ, he flipped out. Man, I don't need him. And I believed in that. He's believed in all that blankety blank stuff before. And he's, you know, done this, screwed me around, used some very hard language. He flipped out. I don't need him, don't want him. And the conversation, you know, she talked, tried to be gentle, didn't realize he's going to get that irate. And in the conversation, he says this. Said his name. Nobody can take better care of me than me. Nobody cares about me like I do. Nobody's going to take care of me like me. And she said, well, uh, how's that working out for you? (laughs) And you know what he said? Nothing. And you know what's happening to him? She had the boldness to speak something, and he knows she cares, and he's mad, he's upset. Maybe he has gotten screwed around by somebody. You know what? That doesn't mean God is that way and is going to keep feeling that way. And if she will gently, lovingly continue to speak truth and pray for him, he's going to make a turn. 
Because he's going to find out the truth is God is not trying to crush him. God is trying to reach him and some circumstances may be out of his control or maybe he's brought on himself. But there's hope, there's healing, there's mercy, there's forgiveness. And God's going to use this person to help him see that. And I'm telling you, I'm waiting for the day when that guy and a number of other ones are going to come and say, you know, that guy I told you about two years ago, two weeks ago, he made a turn. He broke down. Something happened. He can't take it anymore. And he's going to do the right thing. All right, I'm going to turn you to one other passage. Turn a few pages to the right. Jeremiah is right there after Isaiah, and I'm going to read this, and we're close to done. Jeremiah chapter 2, we're going to begin with verse 1. I'm going to read down. I want you to listen to this. Sometimes God writes this stuff to these prophets of old, and I almost think the attitude is this. You know, do these people get it? Are they ever going to get it? How can you look at this logically and say, here's all this stuff I've done for them, and here are the benefits that have come from it, and in spite of that, they still go do this stupid stuff. Are they ever going to get it? And it's this cyclical thing, this process. You know, you get in trouble. God blesses you anyway. You get yourself in trouble. God bails you out. You go along for a while, everything's great, and things get so great you don't need it anymore, and so you go do your own thing, and then it starts all over again. And we go, oh, God, I've screwed up again. And a whole other generation screws up. Oh, help us, help us. And he has a mercy and abundantly pardons. And we get everything going right again, and then we ditch. And he goes, aren't you people ever going to get it? Don't just come to me when you're in trouble. Come and stay. Let me love you. Let me have a relationship. I can make, you don't have to have these ups and downs that the world offers and doing it your own way do. I can give you a level playing field where it's consistent, permanent joy. Not temporary pleasure. Now listen to this, just this passage here. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you. He says, I can remember what you used to be like. The kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown. When you loved me, I loved you. I still love you, but you were after me like I was after you. Israel was holiness to the Lord. The first fruits of his increase, all that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what injustice have your fathers found in me? Did I mess you around? That they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters. You say, oh, well, good, this isn't about America. We don't have idols. They're parked in the garage usually in America. You say, well, we don't worship cars. I've seen some guys with some chamois and some wax doing lots of worshiping on a piece of work out there. Oh, God, help me not miss a spot here. I don't want this thing to look bad for the neighborhood, you know. We're working it. We got this stuff. You say, well, I drive an old clunker like you, Richard, so that can't be it. (laughs) Then it's your job. You can't go home. You got no balance in your life. You can't stop. Because that's where you find your self-worth. We got all these idols. Maybe it's clothes, cars, job, money. Maybe it's your portfolio. There's people that massage those keys, checking those stocks, you know, all day long. Am I rich? Am I poor? Am I rich? Am I poor? You know, (laughs) just completely freaked out about it instead of saying, God, I'm going to calmly trust you. I'm going to make wise decisions and I'm going to live, not find my identity and purpose in all these things. 
So he says, what's up with this, basically? What injustice had your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me and become idolaters? Neither did they say, nobody's out there saying, where's the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt? Where's this God? They're not crying out for me. I'm the guy that brought you through all this stuff. And you don't need me anymore. I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruits and its goodness. But when you entered, when you got where you were praying that I'd get you, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. You screwed it up. I had great plans for it. You prayed for it. Now look what's happened to it. You got it, and then you did what you wanted to with it instead of what I wanted to do with it. Verse 8, look at this. Talking about the leaders, the religious leaders. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? I'm asking you guys, I'm standing up here saying it. Where is God? Where is the Lord? Where is it when things go haywire in a church and in our country where no one will step up the plate and say, you know what, where is God in all this? Have we gotten so far away when compartmentalized our religious experience, our cultural experiences, our families and our work, and we can't blend them together because they're all neatly tucked away somewhere. The priests are not saying, where is the Lord? And those who handle the law did not know me. People getting up preaching out of the book who don't even know him personally. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after the things that do not profit. Therefore, I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord, and against your children's children I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coast of Cyprus and see, send a Kedar and consider diligently and see if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods which are not gods? He says, go anywhere on the planet in this area he described. He says, they don't change gods. Even if they worship a pagan idol, they stick to the pagan idol. They don't say, well, we're going to change. We don't like this pagan idol. We're going to get us a new one. They are more consistent in their pagan idolatry than you people are when you've got the living God, he says. But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. You've traded in on something. You got, I mean, you got nailed is what happened to you. You said, I'm going to take the best and trade it in on the worst. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. And this is where I'm headed, verse 13. For my people, he sums it up, and he says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now see, guys, when you think about this, it is mind-boggling. You have this God who you know loves you, gave his son to die for you, was buried, raised from the dead, promises abundant life, eternal life, everything you ever dreamed. And when you do it his way, it works. And God says two things. You've forsaken me. You've just walked away. You have abandoned me. And you're thinking that I've abandoned you. I haven't. There's mercy. There's forgiveness. But you've abandoned me. You've forsaken me. That's the first thing they did. But worse than that, or along with that, what did they do? They have gone out and cut themselves, hewn them out cisterns. And a cistern in those days, they dig this hole and plaster it with some stuff and try to catch rainwater to have water. But the problem was these deals would start cracking. You ever heard the term, that story or that argument just doesn't hold water? Precisely. And your argument with God, well, God, I've got, you know, I know it's not great, but it's fine. He says, look, your life doesn't hold any water. 
you have left me, you've forsaken me, you've denied me, you've said this doesn't work anymore, my way's best. You dig your own holes, you try to fill them with your own stuff, and he says you've forsaken what? The fountain of living waters. You have gone from a spring-fed life, a fountain of living waters, to cutting your own holes out that leak and trying to hold water, and it's not working. Nobody in their right mind would forsake a fountain, a spring, for their own hole. Now, I want you to think about this. What is it? What's your cistern? What is it if you just got back and looked at your life? He said, you know what? I've ditched God on this. I've made my job, my cistern. I'm trying to hold everything together and get my own stuff. Instead of God blessing me, I'm going to bless me. And I've got this thing hewn out, and I'm trying to keep it all together, and it's not holding water, and I've got to keep pouring in, pouring in. It's wearing me out. I just need to go back to whatever he said. We've all got stuff. We've got something in our life. It's the counterfeit. It's not the real deal. And for me personally, guys, it's, I mean, I went out of town for a little over 24 hours. And I'm telling you, it's like pulling teeth for me to stop and go out of town. You say, well, why is that so hard for you? It's hard for you too. We are driven. We think, well, if I stop, I'm going to miss something. I'm going to look lazy. I'm going to look non-committed. And everybody else goes in at 7 and leaves at 8. And i got to keep up. Let me tell you something. What are you keeping up with? Their cistern? If you'll slow down and rest, and I need a mirror up here to tell me, if you'll slow down, stop, and think about it and say, God, let me work smart, wise, not hard, and stupid. Because somebody's putting in 14 hours a day, at some point you can't be productive at that pace. You've got to rest. You've got to have balance in your life, whether it's work-wise or money-wise. And I'm getting very personal at this point. I'm having trouble going to dinner all of a sudden because I start running numbers. And it costs $300 to keep a family in Liberia alive, a pastor, or $100 when they're in the interior. So for 100 bucks a month, you can keep a preacher alive. It's hard to spend 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Because I start thinking of it in terms of somebody who has no food. Their problem is, that, oh, we didn't get to eat out this week. We just didn't get to eat it all this week. You say, well, I want to hear about that. Look what it's done to you, you know. <laughs> you can't unhear what you've heard. And guys, we cannot live in a protective little bubble and box and say, oh, I just hope nobody pops it till I die. There is a world of pain out there. You say, well, I don't know about that. But God can bring unbelievable pleasure and satisfaction and fulfillment if we'll be aware of that as he tells us and share in their pain and share. He's as much my family as you are. I don't want to die just saying, we made it. There is more to living than just this life, than just, as the song says, and just living and dying, trying to make it through the day. And I've, you know, I think I knew this was coming because my mentor, I've seen him eat peanuts in his motorhome. I've seen him do these things. I'm like, why don't you just eat? I mean, he's very health conscious, but he'll fast. And now I understand why he was fasting. Because he'd sent money to India to some deal he's trying to help. And every dime he saves here goes there and it gets the job done. I'm warning you. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what you're thinking. You say it's my first Sunday. I don't know what happened that Sunday. (laughs) But listen close. I'm drawing a mark. I'm drawing a line in the sand. And I'm warning you. If you don't want the full deal, as gently as I can say this, you better just go back now. Because I'm at a point where I can't go back. I'm in too far. And I don't want just religion. If God can do something, I want to see him do it.
And there's a passion, there's a pain inside of me that's not going away probably unless I just try to absolutely flee from him. And I'm not inclined to do that at this moment. But I'm warning us all, if you remain here, that God, if we stay on track, God is going to bury us in needy people and needs around the world that are great. And we can't reach them all, but we can do our part. And you cannot just ride here. We're removing all the stands in this stadium. you got to get on the field at some point. You can walk up and watch a little bit, but sooner or later you got to get in the game. Because it's a real war. There are real needs. And i got to tell you, in the midst of my tears and all this passion and pain I tell you about, I've never had more fun with anything in my life. And our God really is an awesome God. Richard Ellis will return in a moment to wrap up today's talk with a few final words. But first, I want to share some important information about the program. The reason we do this is to share with you the good news. When you open your heart and life to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that's the beginning point of the most amazing journey you'll ever experience. But it's also a journey that we want to join with you. So if you've been on this road for a while or just getting started, let us know how we can help. Maybe you've got some questions, stuck in neutral, or even wondering how to take the next breath. We're here. Give us a call at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. We're here to celebrate with you, too. So if this program has made a difference to you and encouraged you in any way, tell us about it. Let's keep this conversation going by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also send us an email through our website, richardellistalks.com. That would really make our day to know how Richard's talks have helped you. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or email us through the website, richardellistalks.com. And speaking of the messages, you can find today's talk along with every message from Richard at our website, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we really believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute to this ministry by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, richardellistalks.com. We would be so grateful for your gifts. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. All right, let's pray. And our Father, I thank you so much for your word, how cut to the chase it is, and how cut to the quick it is for us, but how it helps us live, truly live. And Father, I know there are people listening to this message. Some of them got invited here, and they're here, and they I don't want to think about these things. I don't want to be here, but they're here, God. And I pray that you would open their eyes, open their heart, unstop their ears, break their heart, and let them see they can waste the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years chasing after whatever it is they're after. They will never find it unless it's you. Nothing satisfies. It's just trying to catch water in a bucket that's got holes everywhere. It isn't going to hold water. I'm proud, but I'm not stupid. I need your help. And I believe for there to be any truth, everything can't be true. And for the first time in my life, I realize and I admit that Jesus is Lord. He is the boss. He is the king. And I want my life under his rule, his reign. I want you, Father, to save me, to rescue me, to come after me. I'm helpless, hopeless without you. I'm usually a control freak, very independent. But God, I realize I can't control this. I can't be alone on this. 
So I'm begging you, God, I'm pleading with you to rescue me. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood to pay for my sin, to give me forgiveness. And God, you know I've screwed up and I need forgiveness. And I'm asking to come live in my heart, to change it, my mind, to change it, my entire body, Lord. You come live in me and live through me and show me how this is supposed to be done because I've proven that I can't without you. Thank you for coming to live in me, live through me, change the world around me. And thank you for loving me, even though you knew me and that I didn't deserve it. For your grace and your mercy and your willingness to abundantly pardon. Father, for those under the sound of my voice, who for the first time in their life have reached out the hands of their heart and received this gift of eternal life, I pray that you'd confirm it by blessing them wherever they are. Let them just stop and thank you for changing their forever and their life between here and heaven and use us to encourage them in any way we can and that you see fit. And for the Christians, Father, who've done that a long time ago, but they've run, they've run hard. Some listening and some that we know, Father, as we continue to pray for them, that you'd let whatever has to happen, God, to bring them home to break their heart, their will, but not their spirit, and let them know that you do care, you do love them, and that their way is not going to work. Thank you for always taking us in when we come banging on your door. We love you. We thank you for these moments that we've shared, and we pray it all in Jesus' name that makes it possible. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.